Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Mitchell is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker who helps you think big and lead an authentic life. Each week, Mitchell gives leaders the inspiration they need to make a greater impact and share their genius with the world. Now, here's Mitchell Levy. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, and I'm in the midst of doing something really spectacular. In the midst of interviewing 500 humans on their credibility. These are powerful people talking about who they are, what they do, how they relate to the world, who they serve, and it is absolutely worth listening to. You're going to get a really great point of view of who they are. You're going to get ideas and aha moments and how you can present yourself better. I've taken three of those interviews, or six to 10 minutes each, taking three of those, combine them to be this episode of Mitchell Lee Presents Aha Moments. Uh, please enjoy. Click on the like button and subscribe to our channel. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, and welcome to this special credibility episode of Thought Leader Life. Today's guest is Wes Schaefer, who is an entrepreneur, sales trainer, copywriter, speaker, and author. He has helped 5,400 of the world's top speakers, authors, coaches, and sales professionals achieve growth by implementing repeatable, transferable, and proven processes. Wes, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to have you. So <laughs> what is <laughs> what is your customer point of pain? What's your CPOP? You know, working with salespeople that shoot from the hip, that think that sales is more art than science. Ooh, love that. All right. So ex by the way, beautiful. Well done. <laughs> so what is what does that mean? Uh, less art, more science. What is the science part of it? Mean? Well, you've always heard people say, oh, you've got the gift of gab. You're really good with people. You're quick under your feet. You're so funny. You should be in sales. And they think that it's just some esoteric feature that salespeople are born, not made. And the reality is what it takes to make a sale is very predictable, which makes it very scalable. If you take the time to figure it out, um, People are extremely predictable. Mm. Okay. I can say, you know, Hey Mitchell, uh, man, I, I see your Facebook profile and you've got some black hat on that thing's ridiculous. How would you feel? Right. Well, you exactly. could say that, but it won't be true. <laughs> I mean, like I know exactly how you're going to feel. Right. Or I can say, Mitchell, I love your Facebook, uh, image, the, the blues, the, the, the suit, the, uh, you know, the artwork, the, the signature, the, the tagline, it's like, I can tell you're a pro. How are you going to feel? So we know how to elicit the responses out of people if we take the time to study it. Mm. And so, but the reality is, you know, I always say that to make any sale, you must make every sale. And what I mean by that, everything you do, the, your, your background in this video, your book cover, your Facebook your email, your ads, your web pages, how you answer your phone, your email signature, your business card, how you look when we meet in person, all of that is a sale. Each one of those are touch points. And so in any sale, there's, there's dozens of things that the prospect looks at and reviews and considers, even if it's subconsciously, um, 
in order for them to say yes. And so if you don't break it down every step along the way, then you're not maximizing your potential as a salesperson, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a sales manager. Wow. Okay. That was good. You, I was so mesmerized listening to you. That was really well done. So clearly you've got credibility, but I have to ask you this question. What gives you the credibility to do what you do? Uh, I mean, a few things. I, um, I started out in the military, um, graduated from the Air Force Academy in, in 92, um, served around the world for five years. Uh, it gave me a lot of insights and experience uh, into leadership, what makes people do, what makes people do things they don't want to do and like it, right? Um, <laughs> how to get people to do tough jobs. And, um, but then in 1997, I mean, I jumped right into commission sales. Uh, I was married. We had a baby, another one on the way. Now I've got seven kids. Uh, my wife has stayed home for 24 years. Uh, for wow. 13 years, I've owned the Sales Whisperer. i hosted 400 podcasts of my own uh, episodes, written two books. So I put food on the table for a family of nine. So I'm either very good at faking it uh, or maybe I'm onto something. That's beautiful. So I think you answered a little bit about the question. And that is now that you've, you've got this credibility that you, that you have, that you share, how do you demonstrate it? How do you share it with others? And you, you did mention having 400 right. podcasts. What else do you do? So, yeah, so I have two different podcasts, one with over 400 episodes, one with uh, about 30 um, written two books, got a couple of CDs, have some membership sites, 1100 post um, uh, website, I speak. So you do whatever it takes, right? Uh, active on social media, you want to be, you know, we have to meet our prospects where they are. Okay, so just like going fishing, doesn't matter if you have a nice boat, fancy radar, the latest rod and reel, super fancy uh, lures. If you got the wrong bait, you're not going to catch anything. Uh, and if you go where the fish are, you're not going to catch anything. So figure out where your ideal prospects hang out because birds of a feather do flock together. And then put stuff in front of them so they can't help but, but see it, trip over it, click on it, open it, read it, listen to it. You know, and then the other is, you know, multimedia, multi-step. When someone does engage, you know, one is a very lonely, risky number. I don't have just one computer, right? I've got two. I don't have just one backup. I have multiple. I don't have just one way of getting customers. So you've got to figure out where they are. And, um, you know, and fortunately or unfortunately, you have to look at where the risks are. What's going to go away? I'm, I'm hearing that Facebook's making some big changes again. There's a lot of people that have, that have made a lot of money leveraging Facebook, and that's fine. But what happens when they change the rules? Can your business survive? So you want to be uh, in more than one place uh, where your ideal people are. You know, I, having listened to this, I, there's one thing that sort of pops in my mind, and that is I, I think to be human, from the day you were born, you were a salesperson. You want to get attention and, and everything you do is a sale. And, and I love that you say that you have to get a sale at every transaction because we all know, and we've heard many times, how many times you need to touch people before you get the sale and then putting it into a systematized approach 
that allows you to take all those, if you call them minor sales or all those sales and combine them into the ultimate sale is so much better than the art of being a good gabber and hoping. Right. Yeah. Hope is not a strategy. Uh, so listen, <laughs> if you're a salesperson, you need to do a better job of helping close more business for whatever company you're working on. If you're the CEO of a firm, by the way, you're still a salesperson. Do you hit about 150, 200 million in revenue? So you're still the chief sales guy, even if you have somebody in that role. And if you want more help, more support of figuring out how to close each and every sale and, and drive more business, you need to talk to Wes Schaefer. Wes, how do people reach out to you? You know, the easiest way, my website is thesaleswhisperer.com. Uh, everything's accessible there. My social media links. It's actually my phone number that comes to me. Um, if you want to get right into training, go to 30daysalesgrowth.com. It's um, the most affordable, greatest access to the founder training program with a one-year money-back guarantee on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, well done. Wes Schaefer, thank you so much for joining me. And for everyone who's watching and listening, thanks for paying attention to this episode of Thought of Your Life. We'll see you at the next one. Uh, take care. Bye now. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, and welcome to this special episode of Thought Leader Life, where we're talking about credibility. And today's guest is Neil McDonald who teaches small businesses across the U.S. that government contracting is not a secret. It's just a process. As a former IT contractor himself, he's learned what works and does not. Now he shares that for others' success. Neil, welcome. Thanks, Mitchell. Hey, so we kind of talked about it. It's, it's kind of in your, your bio slightly, but what is your CPOP? What is your customer point of pain? Well, the main thing for us is that we get people who come to us constantly saying, you know, and I get them, Neil, if I just could get in front of a customer and show them what I do, then I know they would buy what we sell, but they just don't know what the next step is. And so that really is their point of pain, I think. And, and in this particular case, Neil, the customer is the government? The customer is the federal government. So it's a big market, a lot of customers. And it's a huge, um, can I use the word quagmire? You know, a lot of people call it that bureaucracy and complex, but I actually think it's pretty simple if you follow a process. Aha. So you take this quagmire that the world sees, this bureaucracy that's hard to navigate, and you make it a simple process. I do. I do. I spent the last 18 months really building something I call the small business maturity model, because in my last 20 years in a small business role, I never had something like that that guided me from uh, step A to step C. And um, let me know the answer to what's next. And so I've been putting that together with my team and with industry, getting advice from the government themselves saying, what are we small businesses doing that we could do better? So this lays out the process for these small businesses. So, so kind of what you're doing. So it's any, it's any small business. It's well, for, from my perspective, it's any business that wants to come, but the target audience really is the people who haven't got to a million dollars yet in revenue. Um, in the federal government market space, you can easily get to a multi-million dollar firm. If I can teach you to have a repeatable process up to a million dollars in revenue, then my goal is that you will begin to make a lot more. Um, this helps both communities because we're helping small businesses be successful, but it also helps the federal government because they get this industrial base 
more people who know how to do federal government contracting correctly. So, so I might actually modify your CPOP to say, I work with smaller businesses, less than a million dollars who want to navigate the quagmire of the government, because if the government only saw what they did, they would want to hire them further. And I, I give them a process to make it simple. Yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds perfect. It took me a little bit to repeat what you said. But that sounds, well, that's you got to make, you, you make it your words. Yeah. But what happens is, is what, what happens when you say it, you're either talking to a prospect, right? And they go, oh, I need that. Or if you say it quickly and you say it properly, it's somebody who knows somebody that they could recommend to you. Because if, if you're in a business, if I have a big business issue, I'm going to be talking to all my friends. Hey, I have a problem with this. I have a problem with that. Can you help me? Do you know anyone who can help me? I may go on to Google and type a number of times. Can you help me with this? And so my friends have heard this. And so I often get uh, emails or text or messages that point to articles or firms or people I should use because they're like, oh, Mitchell, you talked about this in the past. Have you solved this problem? Look here, right? And that's, so that's kind of the thing, Neil, is you want people to go, oh, Neil does something different than other people. I get it. And you're, you fit. All right. So now the next question, what gives you credibility to do that? The number one thing that gives me credibility, frankly, is the fact that I've done it for 20 years. So for the last 20 years before, since I got out of the army, I've been a small business government contracting uh, firm. And so I've made tons of mistakes and done a lot of things right. Uh, but the problem is ever since I started focusing on helping other small businesses, I realized everything I didn't know and, um, and how much larger my companies could have been if I had known these, what I consider now simple process steps. So the credibility I think comes from the fact that I could say, Hey, I've been where you've been. Um, I know exactly what you're dealing with. You're, you're not just a uh, person doing sales. You also have to deal with HR and you have all these other complex things of running your business. Um, Doing your homework on a federal customer sounds easy to Lockheed Martin, but when you talk about a small business that has less than 10 people, it's not. Um, so I, my credibility comes from the fact that I've been in their shoes. So school of hard knocks. And mm-hmm. what I loved how you express yourself is having a little bit of vulnerability. Hey, listen, I ran a business. I did this stuff and I wasn't as successful as I need to be, but now uh, 18 months later, and how many clients have you talked with or prospects have you, have you interacted with? Well, so uh, the number of small businesses we've interacted with is well over 2,000 in the last 18 months. Crazy. So now, after interacting with 2,000 people, you could say, even though I was good at what I did in the past, I'm even better now because I get to see it from a different vantage point. Yeah, I think actually one other thing that gives uh, me and my team credibility is the fact that in FY 2019, 2018, excuse me, we took this problem that basically has to do with federal government contracting dollars. Um, long story short, though, is we increased by 35% the amount of money going to this one pool of small businesses. And uh, that was $3 billion more that went to small businesses because we came on the scene and we just, we didn't do anything magical. This is why I say it's not a secret. I saw what we were doing wrong as small businesses. And I said, oh, let's, let's fix it. And, um, and now we're trying to just repeat that over and over again with there's hundreds of thousands of businesses selling to the federal government. We only touched like 5,000 of them 
broadly, you know, a little less, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a big thing for us that we were able to not only, uh, come in with past experience, but then demonstrate that the right process will lead to success. That's so cool. I, I, by the way, you got me interested. I, I like to, I like to learn more. Hey, so, uh, how do you share that credibility? So how do, when people see you, what, what are some of the tools, techniques, processes you use, you, you use to get your credibility out to the marketplace? Yeah. The, my number one way is, is just through, um, I guess uh, LinkedIn is my absolute number one way because I stay in front of my audience and my audience is both the customer, right? Those small businesses, but also their customer, which is the federal government. Um, I'm trying to be seen as a trusted advisor, or partner, if you will, informal partner to the government, because the government is trying to get information out to the small businesses and the two just aren't able to meet in any kind of easy way. That's a knack that, that I have, my team have on social media. So LinkedIn is one way where we're constantly putting out very helpful information to people with really no ask. We're saying, here it is. And people are looking, I get people who recently have said, Neil, you're a cybersecurity expert. And it's because I shared government cybersecurity information. I'm like, no, I'm not cyber. I'm not a cyber guy. You know, I just play one on TV, right? I, I, what I do is communicate. <laughs> the Got it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the other way is webinars. We do webinars as often as I can that are uh, put out there. Generally, they're free webinars designed to really touch that, um, what I call level one uh, maturity, where companies, even if they're making a couple of million dollars, they still are making some of these basic mistakes that if they fix them, then they could take off. And those mistakes are things that could take a day or less to, to resolve. So, you know, I, I have so thoroughly enjoyed reading about you, but more importantly, interacting with you, learning, learning more about you in terms of who you are and how you process things. And, and so I just want to say for those watching and listening that, if your business is a million dollars or less, obviously you do more, but if your business is a million dollars or less and you've been thinking about growing your business by satisfying the need that many branches of the federal government have, and you just are clueless on where to go and what to do, you've got to talk to this guy. Neil, how is the best way, how do people reach out to you? The very best way for people to get hold of me is LinkedIn. Um, it's the professional network is what I always say. So they just go to linkedin.com slash, I think it's uh, LN. And then my, my handle is Neil dash McDonald. But if you just type in Neil McDonald, you're going to find me. And we'll have that showing up uh, when we, when we reissue the video on all the other sites, it's, we're not doing this live on Facebook, but when we issue it else everywhere, we'll, we'll actually have your URL as well. Hey, Neil, thanks so much for joining me. I, I really enjoyed it. And, I, I may be a client fairly soon. So thank you. Yeah, I got you. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this episode of Thought Leader Life. Look forward to seeing you at the next one. Uh, feel free to subscribe to whatever channel you're seeing this on and give us feedback because we're looking forward to it. Thanks. Take care. Bye everybody. Hi, Mitchell Levy, Global Credibility Extra. Let's try that again. Hi, Mitchell Levy, Global Credibility Expert. By the way, I like bloopers, so in real life, we have bloopers. Is how you deal with the blooper that matters. My special guest, we're doing a series of episodes on credibility, and today's guest is Rita Birgit Martel, who is the author of two books, Change Ready and Defining Moments. 
She provides change coaching to help individuals gain clarity, identify choices, and make decisions about the next phase of their life and or career. Her clients include, and it's a huge list, so some of her clients include Cisco, Chevron, The Gap, and many others. Rita, welcome to this episode. I'm glad to be here. It's going to be fun. It, it, it always is. Hey, uh, I'm curious if you could say, what is, what is your CPOP? What is your customer point of pain? Most anything to do with change. So if companies are implementing large-scale change, they need a process and a structure to support that change in order to realize benefits. Individuals go through changes throughout their life. And when you're going from one phase of life to another, there's always this transition of who am I going to be next? And so I help people gain clarity about the choices and making decisions and having the confidence to move on to whatever they decide is next. And, and, and you and I were talking a little bit before the show is it, it'd be great because those are two different things, of course, and I know they all are relatable. It'd be great to have them as separate pieces, but let's say they're together and you do both well, based on your career, by the way, you do both well. Yes. What does that, what does that mean for, uh, for individuals with, who are focused on change and not being ready? What do you do? What are some of the things that you focus on? Well, when someone is being forced to make a change because they've lost their job or a relationship is ended or there's a health issue, something that they didn't choose, but this has happened. And so the future they imagined is no longer what their future is going to be. And it's one reason why change can be traumatic. You feel out of control. And so with that individual, I help them move through the transition process of letting go of what is no longer their life, deciding what they want and what the choices are, and then coming up with a plan to move in that direction. If I'm working with a company, it's change driven by implementing technology like a whole global SAP system or Salesforce or post-merger integration or restructuring or all the re's, redesigning processes, standardizing process. So it's a change that's going to affect a lot of employees in the way that they do their work and possibly who they report to. And so in order for wide-scale corporate change to be successful, you need a vision you need a plan. You need to be able to scale that uh, across multiple countries. And with Chevron, I had a project that affected 20 countries and had a team of representatives from each country. So it's interesting because when I, I started my career, I started working with individuals. And that was before change management was a profession. And then I moved into working with companies. And that was about the time they first started downsizing and people who did a good job lost their job and it was traumatic. And so I just moved into the corporate world and then technology um, was happening and making, driving a lot of change in company. I moved into that sector and did that for about 25 years. So now I'm wanting to focus on individuals because corporations are a little dysfunctional and, you know, after a while, it can get a little annoying that you, you give them a plan and it sets on the shelf and collects dust. I, I hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're good at this, by the way, because as soon as you finish the individual, I was going to ask you about corporate. Uh-huh. And, then my, and then my next natural question is, 
how do you have credibility to do what you do? And you've answered some of that years mm-hmm. of experience, but is there anything you'd like to add to what is, what gave you or what gives you that credibility to do what you do today? Yeah, I think what's really important in order to have credibility is having experienced what you're talking about. So instead of reading a lot of theories and quoting other people, you know, here's the way to do it. I have experienced it in my life. I've totally, totally changed my life multiple times. (laughs) The first moment, which was a defining moment, was uh, starting college at 29 and met my husband when I was 16. We got married when I was 18, had a daughter at 20, daughter at 25, and thought there was no possibility of going to college. When I realized there was, I did it. And after I graduated, started a women's center in Nashville and had that for seven years. So it was a huge change that I made in my life. And um, after that, business grew. I had an opportunity to take a consulting contract in California. And I said yes and thought I would figure it out which I did. And so that launched an entirely different life. So I have lived what I talk about. And it was interesting when I started getting requests for corporate work, I thought, well, gosh, I don't know, because this is new. Nobody else knew. So we could kind of make it up as we went along and had a job working for Oracle to establish a change management practice to support Oracle technology implementation. Mm. None of us knew. So we made it up. And since I'd had a lot of experience working with individuals and the change process, I thought, well, it's the same thing. It's just more people in more places, but they all want to know what the future is going to look like and does it include them? So yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun kind of growing with this industry. Got it. So in today's world, I know we're all in change and a work in progress. How do you share that credibility with others? Well, when we have a conversation, we, we often go right to the personal stuff. So I'm pretty good at helping people open up and zeroing in on. Oh, I, actually, let me re- redefine uh-huh. that question. Not by the time somebody finds you, you know how to share stuff. I mean, how do people find you? How do people oh. find you and then make a decision that you've got the credibility to at least uh-huh. have that next conversation? Yeah. Well, it's referrals. And so, you know, when you get a referral from someone, that gives you credibility right there. Someone they know and trust has recommended you. So, yeah, and then the books, you know, written two books. I've, my client list is, you know, the top Fortune 500 companies. And um, back when I had the Women's Center in Nashville, I developed a lot of tapes and sold those and, you know, speaking engagements. And I have. <laughs> a lot of knowledge I've gained over the years, and I love sharing it. And I think that that comes across because going through change can be um, fun, and it can be like the best of times and the worst of times. And I understand that. I met with a lot of resistance when I started college because with my family, no one had graduated from high school until me. And so to talk about college was being a little uppity. So I have dealt with resistance at many points in my life. So I can really sympathize, empathize with someone and be there to, you know, encourage, not really be a cheerleader, but say, look, this is your life and you make the choice and you live with the results of that choice. I can help you identify choices, but I can't make them for you. So (laughs) it's, 
I like it. So listen, we all go through change. Mm -hmm. If you watch my uh, TED talk, uh, what you'll recognize is that we're in the midst of the most massive transformation that humankind has ever gone through. Mm -hmm. In the next, in the last hundred years, we've made it 50% of the transition from the industrial age to the social age. In the next 10, we're going to make it the other 50%. So if you have a job today, it's going to be gone tomorrow. It is. You're looking for somebody to help you with that change, with that transition, with figuring out a good path for you. I would reach out to Rita Burkett Martell. Uh, Rita, how do people reach out to you? What's a, what's a good way to contact you? Well, we can connect on LinkedIn, but also my email is coachrita365 at gmail. And then if you go on Amazon, you can find my author site, just put in my name and my author site has uh, a lot of articles that I've written that you can download for free, of course, on the change process and, you know, confronting those barriers, breaking through barriers to making change in your life and dealing with resistance and all of that. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I really enjoyed listening to you and who, and, and who you are and what you've done. And, uh, and for those that joined us, thanks for joining us. Look forward to seeing you at another episode of Thought Leader Life. Take care, everybody. Bye now. This is Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy from AHA That. To learn more about Thought Leader Life, go to thoughtleaderlife.com. And to learn more about creating and sharing your AHA moments, go to ahathat.com slash author, where you can also find a link to book a strategy call. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.